Hey, Autobiology listeners, can you believe it's been an entire year since I launched my podcast? I know, it's crazy, and time is flying. So yes, we're officially kicking off season two of Autobiology, the podcast, and this series uh, of podcasts over the next few months are going to be, this is going to be dedicated to learning and memory. It's August, we're getting ready to go back to school, and I actually have two friends who are in study mode. I'm going to give a quick shout out to my friend Morgan, who is studying for her nursing boards, and my BFF Kelly, who just got an awesome new job and will be going through lots of training and really Both of them could use my best tips on how to study. All right, so this one is dedicated to you ladies. Welcome to Autobiology Bits with Jennifer Littleflat, the podcast where you can hear real-life biology stories from a quirky maven to help you become an expert on your own biology. If high school biology had been as interesting as this podcast, you might have become a doctor. Introducing autobiologist Jennifer Littleflack. All right. So we're going to start off this series talking about basically what's the best way to learn something that you want to remember for a long time or even a short time, really. I mean, the concepts are the same, but most people, if they're going to take the time to learn something, they want to remember it for a while. So we're going to start off by talking about learning and memory, which are closely related concepts, right? But what do you think the key differences are? It's kind of like, what came first, the chicken or the egg, learning or memory? Well, memory is pretty much getting a piece of information and storing it, and then recalling it. That is making a memory. But learning, on the other hand, is taking that piece of data or information and using it for a skill or or learning how to do something in a larger series, you know, applying it to a process. And this takes time, right? Um, So it's not quick. So a key differentiator between learning and memory is memory can be quick, but learning takes a while. So, how do these two concepts work together? Well, basically, in its simplest form, it's three three steps. First, you need to be able to make a memory from information presented to you or encode it, right? So first, you have to be able to make a memory. Next, you have to organize the information or store it somewhere where your brain can find it again. And then three, you have to practice recalling that memory over and over again, which is called memory retrieval. And then eventually that information becomes easily and quickly accessible, which means you've learned it. So the more often that you force yourself to remember something, the more it becomes part of your long-term memory. And here's the thing. Forgetting something often means just simply that you never learned it in the first place, right? Forgetting something means that the information never made it into your long-term memory. So don't be too hard on yourself. Maybe you just didn't have the correct techniques to put stuff into your long-term memory, which we're going to fix that today. All right. Now, how long 
do you think it takes for you to forget half of the information presented to you if you don't practice recalling? Okay. So let's say, you know, somebody, you know, gave you five or six facts. Let's make it easy on myself. Gave you six facts. How long do you think it's going to take you to forget three of those? An hour? A day? A week? A month? Well, if you said, mm, A, one hour, you are correct. That is crazy, right? An hour. Like I said before, the, for the most part, learning is not our problem. It's forgetting. So you, it like some, if you're in learning and development, which I know some of you are because you're my friends, you may have heard of the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve. So it presents statistics basically on how quickly we forget information. And this is, this is crazy if you've never heard of this. So we learned that we forget about 50% after an hour, but what about 20 minutes even? Let's, let's, let's get down to, to reality. After 20 minutes, we've forgotten 42% of what has been presented to us. In one day, it's 60%. In six days, we have forgotten 75% of what has been presented to us. These are not very promising statistics, people, for those of us who like learning. So how can we improve our odds of retention, of information retention? Well, the cool thing is over the last 20 years, oh my gosh, there's been an incredible explosion of uh, research and uh, neuroscience data that has been demonstrating actually the mechanics behind the theories that were developed, you know, basically 100 years ago that helps us um, understand how our brains learn best. So let's talk about that. Well, we've known for thousands of years, actually, that if you want to remember something, you need to practice it. I know that sounds kind of weird, like practicing, remembering, but yeah, it's exactly what it is, just like you would practice anything else. So what is the best way to practice remembering? Well, the answer is by testing. Yeah, the best way to practice remembering is testing yourself over and over and over and not continuously studying. This is called the testing effect. It's real. We've known about it, like I said, for thousands of years, and finally we have a cool name for it, so whatever. Now that it has a name, I guess it's real. This is something that I have employed throughout uh, my whole college career. I didn't know that I knew this. I just knew that that was the way I remembered stuff. And um, it works for me. And I, I t taught that to all of my friends when I was, you know, studying um, in my like really, really, really old life of pharmaceutical sales when I used to have to um, learn stuff all the time. Um, I would make little worksheets for me and my friends and I would just constantly just fill them out over and over and over again until, you know, I just knew all the information by heart and it works, you know, um, I taught that to my kids. My son um, has taught this to all of his friends. He is, uh, he just finished, finished sixth grade. He's going in, into seventh grade and he makes worksheets. 
for all of his friends. He emails them out to everybody, you know, a couple nights before the test. And they all, you know, pra- you know, the ones that, uh, you know, listen to him. <laughs> they all do these little practice tests. Um, and he does it even on the bus, you know, with some of his friends. So, um, and he's never missed a single question on a, any test yet. So it works, especially for kids. So that's a good one to teach kids how to do. I mean, all um, teachers in middle school hand out study guides, you know, uh, for tests. So all you have to do is take that study guide and um, you can do it a couple of different ways. You can create, you know, a multiple choice little quiz bank. Um, you can create a fill in the blank, you know, write, write out the questions directly from the study guide and omit one word and create a word bank. And then maybe, uh, well, what I do is then I create another one and I take away the word bank. So each time it gets a little bit harder and then And then I'll do the opposite when I think he's, you know, got the, um, when he's, you know, got the sentence, quote unquote, you know, down very well from the study guide, I will write the word and then have him fill in essay style. Tell me about that word and what it means, you know, in the context of the chapter that you're studying. So, you know, when you start out with multiple choice and then you go to the fill in the bank fill in the bank, fill in the blank with the word bank. Then you take away the word bank and have him do it uh, without that. And then flip it around and give him the word and ask him to write a little essay. Trust me, that kid knows that information backwards and forwards. And that is the best way to study. There have been dozens of studies on these techniques and, you know, they show that you will recall 50% more of the learned information by testing yourself than by just studying. So one, uh, one such study, a research team, uh, what they did was they gave people like random nonsense word pairs, you know, so they, they would say like boo boo gaga equals cup, <laughs> you know, these like random nonsensical word pairs. And they would, um, you know, give them, give them like 20 of them. And then they would say they would have two groups and one group, they would say, read them through two times or three times and then start testing yourself. And the other group, they would say, just keep studying these word pairs over and over. And then they would give them a test and see how many of the word pairs they got correct. One research team who did this found a score difference that was very significant. The group with the testing scored 67% while the studying only group scored 45%. And again, this was like, you know, they, they did this all within an hour or so. But then there was another study who tested memorization of, of more word pairs. And this had a massively extreme difference of 80% for the students who were repeatedly tested and 35% for the students who only studied the words. Now, like I said, I can attest to this. I've been doing this my whole life. I've taught my kids how to do this. If you want to learn something, this is how you do it. You don't study. You test yourself. Now, the other interesting thing is, let's say you want to remember this for more than tomorrow, right? So we've heard the phrase, use it or lose it, right? And that applies here as well. But the question becomes, 
How often do you have to study something to remember it for a long period of time? And when I'm talking about a long period of time, like it's usually year over year. You know, it's stuff that you, you know, maybe you don't use like every day, but the information is the foundation upon which, um, you know, the information that you do use every day is built. So once in a while, you have to pull that out of the, the vault and discuss it. And, you know, I'm just, again, I'm going to use my uh, previous pharmaceutical examples, but, you know, it's like, you know, occasionally you have to go back to the very core primary, you know, um, phase three studies that were done, you know, uh, to, to talk about, you know, where the data was versus, you know, what the current use shows, you know, after it's been approved and on the, on the market for a couple of years. And so you got to remember that stuff, even though you're probably only talking about it once a year. And how do you do that? So there was a large experiment done in 2008 that examined 10 different lags. And when I say lag, I'm talking about the spacing gap between the, the first time you learned it and then when you wanted to retrieve it, right? So in this study, the, the lag ranged from zero to 105 days, and it had four different retention intervals. So, um, so there was four groups of people and in group one, the final test was administered at seven days in group two, the final test was administered at 35 days in the third group. The final test was at 70 days and in the fourth group at 350 days. All right. So like I said, the lag ranged from zero to 105 days, depending on which group you're in, the 7, 35, 70, or 350-day final test. The retention, and by the way, this was uh, done with trivia facts. So it wasn't just word pairs. It was like, you know, things they had to remember, like sentences. Retention of these trivia facts was highest when the lag time was between 10% and 20% of the tested retention interval. So what does that mean? Well, it means that there's no fixed optimal lag. It depends on when the final test is. So that means that, you know, if you have a test one week away, you need to study it for about a day for that week, right? Because that's about about 10%. All right, so you're like, that's great, but what if I want to remember it from year to year? Well, if you want to retain information for one year, then the lag would be about two months. So yeah, so let's say you practice, you, you learn this you know, information, you know, over the next, you know, day or so. And you, you learn it by memory retrieval. You test yourself over and over and you're like, okay, I got it. Great. I'm good. If you want to keep remembering that for a year, you need to redo the testing, testing yourself every two months over and over and over again, every two months, you got, you have to make those multiple choice tests for yourself. Another interesting thing about Testing is sleep. Sleep. Yep, sleep. There's really interesting how sleep and memory work. And I'm actually going to go into this on um, 
the next podcast, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about it right now. So basically, um, when we sleep, there's a something that happens called memory consolidation. And that's when everything that you learned during the day that went into your short-term memory, um, the hippocampus takes this information, kind of uh, sorts through it, categorizes it, and then stores it in your long-term memory um, close to places that have similar types of experiences, right? So it tries to store and basically categorize what you've learned with previous memories. And that happens, again, while you sleep. It's called memory consolidation. Happens in the hippocampus. So when people don't sleep, aka pulling an all-nighter, you never give the brain a chance to put it into your long-term memory. So yeah, you may have passed the test pulling an all-nighter like for that day, but guess what? It's gone after that day. You're not going to remember it. Basically, if you get at least six hours of sleep before the test, you have given the brain a long enough period of time to put it into long-term memory, and you will remember it after the next day. If you're choosing between pulling an all-nighter and, and versus sleeping, take the sleep because literally you're still studying if you're sleeping at least six hours because your brain is doing it for you. It's putting it into your long-term memory. And uh, like I said, we're going to go over that in a lot more detail um, in the next podcast, but I thought I would mention it here. So yeah, pretty cool. I know, right? Okay, so let's talk about what we've learned. We've learned that learning relies on making a memory. And you must practice memory retrieval to make learning stick. We forget half of what we are taught in one hour. One hour. And the best way to practice is testing yourself. Spacing out memory retrieval practice every two months is ideal for long-term retention year over year. All right, so I hope you've enjoyed this first in a series of memory, learning, learning all about the brain. Trust me, some of the topics that I have coming up, it's they're going to blow your mind. So stay tuned. And hey, if you liked this podcast, if you learned something from this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would leave me a review on iTunes, um, give the podcast a rating. It really helps other people to find my podcast um, as well as, you know, give people an insight into the uh, kind of things that you learn and um, helps, you know, provide me feedback on the kind of things that you want to hear about. So thank you so much. Again, I would love if you would leave a review on iTunes. Thanks so much. Do you have an autobiology question for Jennifer? Ask it at autobiology.net or Instagram at autobiology with Jennifer. And keep listening to see if your question has been featured. And remember, anyone can be an autobiologist.
This podcast is for information purposes only. Any of the discussions or products held herein are not in any way offered as prescription, diagnosis, nor treatment for any disease, illness, infirmity, or physical condition. Any form of self-treatment or alternative health program necessarily must involve an individual's acceptance of some risk, and no one should assume otherwise. Persons needing medical care should obtain it from a physician. Consult your doctor before making any health decision. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. The podcast host may have have direct or indirect financial gains from products discussed on this podcast.